going in our Bibles today to the, to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 2. You know, there are things in thinking about moms and Mother's Day that, that a mom says that I, I don't know about you, but I could almost close my eyes and go back to places where I, I heard those words that my mom has spoken. Like my mom, she always had this, she always has this thing when I was growing up. She didn't even attend church growing up, but she had this sense uh, that she had to correct me for everything that she saw me doing that she didn't think Jesus would like. And she would say, Jesus is going to get you for that. I'm like, well, my God, have mercy. I don't want him doing that. My mom would say, she'd get in trouble for this one today, but I can make it hurt. Like when I, you know, you, that didn't even hurt anymore, Mom. She said, well, I'll make it hurt. Or I brought you into this world, I can take you out. Like, I'm going to press charges for that one, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> but perhaps the words that nearly every mom has used, some variation of the phrase that I'll preach about today, is the kid is rushing out the door to school or to play, whatever it may be. Or perhaps they're climbing out of the car. All the moms would say something like, hey, don't forget your coat. Annie all the time asked me, hey, did the boys have their coats? I, I don't know. I mean, I saw them leave the car. That's all I know. I don't know where their coats were. 1 Samuel chapter number 2, verse number 18, an interesting portion of Scripture that perhaps deserves a fresh look today. It says, verse number 18, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him, notice this now, a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. I want to preach to you on this Mother's Day this thought, the legacy of the coat. The legacy of the coat. One more time before you're seated, would you just lift up your hands to heaven and ask God to speak to us through His Word. God, I thank you for your presence that is certainly into this place. I pray that you would open our eyes, our understanding, that we would both see and embrace the truth of your word and the truth of the coat and everything that it testifies and means in our lives. Help us, God, to be what you would want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. This, this portion of Scripture in 1 Samuel that I draw your attention to this afternoon is certainly not unusual as a text on Mother's Day. Many sermons have been preached about Hannah, Samuel's mother, about her desire for children, and about the moment where she brought her young boy back to the house of the Lord, declaring, For this child have I prayed. As she would leave them there, the Bible says, to abide there forever. Certainly, there have been many sermons preached even about the act of her making a coat and bringing it to her boy season after season. But perhaps this story deserves a fresh look this afternoon. The Bible tells us in the opening chapter of verse, uh, 1 Samuel that the Lord had shut up the womb of, of Hannah so that she could not conceive. But through the passionate prayer and faithfulness of this would-be mother, the Bible tells us that she conceived and Samuel was born. Of course, 
Samuel would at some point eventually become the last judge and the first prophet of Israel. Samuel would eventually be the one who would anoint the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. Scripture would even say about this powerful man, Samuel, that not a word that came from his mouth fell to the ground unfulfilled. Samuel was a mighty man of God. Yet his story begins not with Samuel, but with Samuel's mother and with the passionate plea of this mother who said that she would leave her child in the very place that she was praying if the Lord would allow her to conceive. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had a few prayers where I've made deals with God. I said, God, if you'll get me out of this speeding ticket, I will never speed again. We make a lot of deals with God in moments of desperation, but this woman makes a deal with the Lord so significant, so so almost unfathomable as a parent for me to imagine. She's praying with such desperation and says, God, if you'll give me this child, I'll give him back to you and he can live in the house of the Lord forever. It's so hard for me to imagine as her husband there now, she's holding this child, still raising him, nursing him, and she would watch her husband pack his bags to head to the house of the Lord for that annual pilgrimage. And soon she too would have to make a trip there again. I I can't imagine the emotion that she must have been feeling as she would watch him leave the house, imagining that in just a few short years she would have to... uh, keep the, the, the promise that she made to God and she would have to go with him and this little boy who is now crawling around the house soon his voice and his cries will be silent because he will not be in their house he will be in the house of the Lord the child that she is holding in these infant moments will soon be placed in the hands of the Lord and the rooms filled with his laughters would be silent to his sounds as she would leave them leave him to abide in the house of the Lord Forever. Finally, somewhere between three and four years later, she walked into the house of the Lord holding her preschool age son by the hand and brought him to Eli the priest. A child no older than my son Bennett, probably closer to the age of Cameron, was shown his new home and would kiss his mother goodbye as she left him in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I will never forget, as long as I live, the first day that Annie and I took Parker to preschool and had to leave him there for half a day, mind you. This was not like we were not saying goodbye for a long time. I mean, and I'll be honest, I was not really having a hard time with this. I have a few hours without worrying about what my son is into. And I look over at Annie, and she is sobbing like Parker has just graduated from high school and he's moving out forever. But this is not that kind of moment for Hannah. She is leaving him there forever, giving him back to God. But before she left, the words are not recorded in Scripture, but I'm sure we can all imagine what they must have sounded like as she takes these last few moments with her son for her uh, that she will see him for a year. And she began to whisper in his ear, reminding him how much that she loved him, reminding him of the promise that she had made, why they were going through this act where she was 
depositing him into the arms of Eli the priest, promising that she would always be available and reminding him that she would be there same time next year. And finally, in one last act of motherly love, she hands him a coat. You're not going to understand everything I'm doing right now, Samuel. You you can't fully understand and anticipate the the plan that God has for you. You're just three or four years old right now. But but I, I, I do want you to know that I made you this coat. And I want you to make sure that you don't forget your coat. And when I see you this time next year, you're probably going to have grown out of it because you're a big boy. And I'm going to give you another coat. Samuel, don't forget your coat and so the story unfolds in scripture that every year she would make her pilgrimage back to the house of the Lord and in her arms she was carrying another coat and while Hannah could not wipe away every tear that would fall down her young child's face and while she could not kiss his hand every time he heard it and he she couldn't always know everything that was going on in his life she determined that she would do everything that she could to wrap him up in the things that mattered. She could make him a coat. Stay with me a moment. It's interesting to me, the Bible calls it a little coat. A same, the same word is often translated in the scripture as insignificant. It was not all that much to look at or to think about or to speak of at its infancy. You know, it was just a little coat. It didn't seem like much. It, 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 it's certainly in the grand scheme of things. She's leaving her son for a year and she just puts a little garment in his hands and says, don't forget your coat. It doesn't seem all that significant. But before we write off the coat is insignificant, we should take a closer look at the coat. Because while it seems so insignificant and so little, there is a legacy of the coat. First, this coat had value in the life of Samuel because it reminded him that he was loved. You see, every time that Hannah would walk into the temple, she had this new coat. While she seemed so far away for the year, her coat meant that her heart was never far away. And while, while he may not have been able to see her with his eyes, he could know that, that she had him on her heart because she would go home and the Bible says her hands would get to work doing the things that others were labeling insignificant but would mean so much to Samuel. Because in every lonely moment, in every 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 time that he missed his mother, he could wrap himself up in that coat, surrounded by, wrapped up in the reminder that he was loved. You see, Hannah was not abdicating responsibility for her son. She said, no, I may not be able to do everything, but I'm going to do anything that I can to make sure that he feels loved. Not by buying stuff or the superficial things that we often do in our lives, but by simply using her hands. By taking the time to do things that other people may write off as insignificant by reminding him that he was loved. And it does not seem all that significant, doesn't look like that much, or that it was making a very big difference. But can I just tell you that there is a legacy of the coat. 
and that when you are wrapped up in that reminder that you are loved for long enough, you're going to see before we get to the end of the story of Samuel that the things that seem insignificant become defining in our lives. And can I just say to the parents and to all of us that are here in the room today that, that the things that we do that seem insignificant, they are not insignificant. The things that seem like they don't matter, sometimes the enemy would lie to you and say that that prayer doesn't matter, that that, that little act of love, it doesn't matter, that that, that word of encouragement doesn't matter but we've got to find our hands wrapped around the things that seem insignificant that share the message that we are loved and that our people around us are loved it is not insignificant don't don't stop praying don't stop believing don't stop reaching because the things that you are doing they make a difference in fact, on this day, we often turn our attention to Proverbs chapter number 31, the woman that every other mother seems to hate because she wakes up early and she stays up late and she never seems to get tired. Her hands are always working. She's buying stuff, selling stuff. She has all the best clothes. Everybody's like, I will not follow her on Instagram. Hmm. Hmm. But you know, the thing that's most interesting about this woman the Bible says in Proverbs 31, 19, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She cannot do everything, but she's doing what she can. And when you do what you can, it is a testimony of love. And that is what we do. You see, because what Hannah was to Samuel, the church is to the world. What she did for him, the church has a responsibility to do for others. What that mother was, the church needs to be. We need to do whatever we can. In this city, we've got to do whatever we can. In our friends' and family's lives, we've got to do whatever we can to remind people that they are loved, to remind people that there is a purpose in their lives and that, 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 that you may not be able to do everything for them and you may not be able to take away all the hurts and the pains, but that you will do whatever you can to make sure everybody knows that they are loved. Hear me, the church cannot stop every pain and it cannot remove every hurt, but when we do what we can, we are making a coat for somebody, a reminder that they are loved. Hear me, you are loved. Put your coat back on this morning. You are not insignificant but there is a church that loves you and there is a God that loves you and in those lonely moments you need to wrap yourself up in a reminder that I am loved. See Samuel, he may have grown and got bigger but mom was always there to make sure that the coat always fit because you cannot outgrow love and you cannot outgrow the love of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 8 verse number 38 for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Can I just preach to somebody for a few moments today and tell you you need to wrap your yourself up in the love of God you need to be reminded that God loves you and that God is for you and if God is for you who can be against you the enemy wants to take away your coat to make you forget that you are loved but God has great love for you you see the legacy of the coat is a legacy of love and we see this all throughout the scripture in Genesis 37 the Bible says now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children so don't say that you don't have a favorite because uh Heather doesn't have a favorite, but 
because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. The coat serves as a testimony of love. But that seemingly insignificant coat did more than testify of love. You see, this coat that she was making him, when you study it, it was designed to be worn alongside the priest's garment. In other words, it testified that he was chosen. You see, he didn't come from a priest's home. He was not the son of Levi or of Eli. He was just the son of ordinary people. And yet she made sure that there was something that surrounded him that reminded him that he was made for something more. So when he was small and he couldn't even discern God's voice yet, long before he ever learned to say, Here am I, Lord, speak. Before that moment ever came, there was a mom that was wrapping him up in this coat that testified that God wants to use you and that God has called you. So constantly he was wrapped up in not just the love of God, but the purpose of God. Because mom said, you can do it. Before anybody else believed in it, mom said, God can use you for something great. God can do something powerful in your life. And when he began to wear that coat, eventually he grew into that coat, and he became what what the coat testified of in his life. Can I just tell you today that you have purpose on you, and you have an anointing and power on you. And while nobody else may be making you a coat. The church in D.C. is here to say that God has a purpose for you and there is something that God wants to do in your life for you and through you. You were not made just to make money. God did not create you just to get a job. God did not put you on this earth just so you could get into the to the to that hamster wheel of life and just keep going and keep going. But God put you on this earth for a purpose and for a great anointing. And so you need to Make sure that you surround yourself with that coat of purpose. You can do it. You are chosen. You are anointed. God has called you. You can't say the coat doesn't fit. See, the enemy, that's, that's what the enemy does. It's like, well, that, that coat might have fit you, but then you walked away from God. That coat might have fit you, but then you had that conversation. That coat might have fit you, but then you got involved in that relationship. But mama, she showed up every year making sure that the coat fit him just right. And that is what the purpose of God does. You can make sure in your mind that if you decide that you want to be used by God, that there's a fresh coat that you could put on that will fit you just right. That the mistakes don't matter and the shame and the disappointment and the times that the years washed away will not take away from you because mama, shows up with a fresh coat and that is the message of the church that God can use you for his kingdom that God can do something great in your life you need to put your coat back on today and say I believe that God does have something great for my life I believe that God can use me that I am here for a reason don't forget your coat I'm preaching about the legacy of the coat and finally the coat prepares us for every season The Bible, back to this Proverbs 31 woman, it says this. She has no fear of winter in verse 21. For everyone has warm clothes. Because when you're wrapped up in the love of God and the purpose of God, there's no season that you won't be prepared for. Season of sickness, that's all right. Season of disappointment, I'll make it through. 
seasons of trials and difficulties are here. You don't want to face those things without a coat. You don't want to walk into the harshness of this world without a coat. It's a, it's a terrible place to be without a coat. But when you got that coat on, you can walk out with confidence and faith and say, whatever comes against me, I'm ready because I'm wrapped up in a coat of the love of God and the purpose of God because God has something great for my life. So when sickness comes, I can stand with confidence, warm, knowing that God has a purpose for me and that God's love for me is great. And when trials and difficulties come in my life, I'm wrapped up in the purpose and the anointing of God. So I am ready for every season. I have a coat. My father-in-law bought it just before he passed. And so I got it. Because honestly, it's, it's kind of ugly, if I'm being honest. But it's also really expensive. And it's, it's rated for like 100 degrees below zero. I don't know what it's rated for, but it's, it's rated for really, really low. Uh, you know, temperatures that we're never going to face here in D.C. But we have a coat that prepares us for every season. Whatever life throws against us, the love of God can carry you through. What, whatever difficulties come your way, the purpose of God is able to carry you through. I, I, could you just lift up your hands just for a moment? I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Why don't you just let that coat surround you for just a moment? God, I believe that you have great love for me. I, I reject and I push back against every lie of the enemy that I'm not loved and that my life has no purpose. And that I've done too much, I've messed up too much, I've made too many wrong decisions. I believe that on this Sunday, there is a fresh coat that I can wrap myself up in. Hallelujah. The legacy of the coat. Stand with me all over the house. Perhaps the most interesting thing about this coat, the story of Samuel, is something that you've never considered. Samuel, the Bible says, always had this little coat growing up. His mom was always adapting, tailoring, always loving, always encouraging. And yet it seemed insignificant. It is a little coat. Like it wasn't making that much of a difference. But I found this in Scripture, and it's so fascinating to me as the music begins to come. Samuel, the Bible says... We're jumping way ahead in the story. Samuel's dead. No longer a little boy. He's now been an old man with a significant ministry, having anointed those first two kings. Seeing the incredible, powerful move of God through his life. But now he's dead. And at this point in the story, the Bible tells us that Saul, the king, that first king, he goes to a woman that we are that is called the witch of Endor and he's asking for a word and this is what the bible says in 1 Samuel chapter number 28 verse number 14 so fascinating to me she sees this man and and Saul says well what's he look like an old man wearing a robe is coming up she says then Saul knew it was Samuel. Never got to what his facial features looked like. Never made it to the point to say what his hair color was. All she got out was he's an old man wearing a coat. He's an old man wearing this robe. 
And the Bible says, Then Saul knew it was Samuel. You see, the thing that seemed insignificant in the moment became a defining part of who he was as an adult. That just a description of what he was wearing, that's all it took. Moms and dads, you're making a difference. Keep wrapping your children up in the coat of love and purpose. Child of God, every time you surround yourself again with the love of God and the purpose of God, you say, I don't know if it's making a difference in my life. I'll tell you that it's making a difference. The legacy of the coat is a legacy of love and a legacy of purpose. And so we all regardless of where we are in the journey of life, whether we are mothers or no, every one of us, we are children of God like Samuel. And we've got to make sure that we are wearing our coat. That we are surrounding ourselves with the reminder that we are loved. With the reminder that we have purpose. When Joseph's brothers wanted to destroy him, they took away his coat. And if the enemy can strip your coat away, if the enemy can steal away from you the hope and the belief that you are loved and that you have purpose in your life, then he will steal your identity and your future. But when you make sure that you're wearing that coat, then you're going to get to the end of your life with identity and with purpose and with love, and you will have seen God do in, for, and through you great things. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over the house. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. And I feel as though we, we've got to just push back against the lies and the discouragement of the enemy. Come on, God has love for you. You say, well, I've never had a a relationship with my mother. That's okay. You've got a church that wants to remind you that you are loved. You say, I feel the pain and the sting of having lost my mother. Oh, there's a church here that wants to surround you with fresh love and with fresh purpose today. There's a new coat. Every year, a new coat. Every season a new coat so all over the house before we leave here I believe the power of the word of God is connected to our obedience and our response to it and just right there where you're standing would you just begin to respond to the love and purpose of God perhaps you've been wondering if God loves you you've been wondering if anybody cares you've been wondering if there's a purpose for your life or maybe the enemy's been trying to rip that coat away from you and you've begin to feel as though that God can't do in or for or through you what he desires to do uh, I just feel as though there's a new coat that you you can wrap yourself in before we leave here today that God can use you that God loves you that there is purpose and anointing and a future on you hallelujah come on all over the house in your own way would you just begin to talk to the Lord Jesus I believe that you love me I believe that nothing can separate me from your love. God, surround me with your love again. God, I've heard that the coat of purpose fits me. Surround me with your purpose again. Help me, God, to begin to have faith again that you have chosen me. 
Help me to have faith again that you love me. Help me, God, to do the things that seem insignificant that will be defining in someone else's life. Help me to see others around me who have forgotten their coat, who've never learned the legacy of the coat. And I pray that you would help me to do whatever I can to take my hands, to use those hands to saturate and to surround people with the love of God, with the purpose of God. Come on, that... That's the the power of the church today is that we have a message of God's love and purpose for every life. Hallelujah. Why don't we step out of where we are and come around the front if you're comfortable with that. And just for a few moments on this Sunday, we're just going to say, God, surround me with that coat. Help me to feel your love again. Help me to feel your purpose again. Help me, God to do what you have called me to do.